So are you one of the many people out there looking for the ladder? Do you even have an idea what the ladder is? Clearly the ladder is a metaphor for something, something that Prince felt was important to find. So Aloy Lasanta, a.k.a. Prince's friend, is joining me on the latest episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics podcast in order to figure it out for ourselves. Welcome back to the show, Aloy. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, very happy to be back. I'm happy to have you, as always. And the last time we collaborated was on the Purple Rain song. Yes. From, of course, the Purple Rain album. And uh, kind of like Purple Rain, the latter is a slow, kind of spiritual song. Um, very similar kind of, of mood and, and tempo to the music. There's not the epic guitar solo in the latter, but... I don't know. For me, they're they're kind of in somewhat similar um, in in like what the the intent of the song, the lyrics, you know, the feeling of it being towards the end of the album, uh, having something to say, but not always quite so uh, obvious. Like you have to kind of think about it a little bit. You have to consider the lyrics a little bit before you understand maybe what is intended with the song. I, can see I don't that. know. What do you what do you think? Do you think that no, the I can, songs I can see are that. on parallel paths? Um, I, I could say that it's, I think it's, I think it's parallel. Uh, I think that they are on kind of side by side. I also feel though that they're maybe going in different directions, mm -hmm. uh, because as we previously discussed, like the song Purple Rain is very much from, you know, it's the standpoint of the divine beings, uh, you know, singing to, you know, humanity essentially, uh, whereas this one on the latter, it honestly kind of sounds more like um, a prophet or wise man uh, telling humanity about those heavenly figures. Uh, so it's it's kind of like the same road, but going in different directions, I think. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so for me, the latter has always been one of those, I don't want to say cryptic, but I feel like it's a little more... Uh, forthcoming in its intentions and maybe Purple Rain, because Purple Rain, as we talked about in our episode, has, you know, multiple meanings depending on where you're coming at the song, either as a, you know, a track off of a film or if you're thinking of it from a different angle that we talked about in that episode. Right. The latter doesn't have that that movie to go along with it to to provide some alternate context or or different ways of thinking about the lyrics. I mean, we have what the lyrics are, and we have knowledge that this album, Around the World in a Day, which is, you know, obviously the album that it came off of, is has a lot of spiritual um, leanings towards it. It's uh, it's it's a seems to be an album where Prince is searching for something. Um, he's looking for um, fulfillment, whether that be spiritual or, you know, like Paisley Park talks about, you know, finding that place in your heart that. Yeah. leads to contentment and you know there's other songs within within this record that do something similar and have kind of those deeper deeper feelings and deeper meanings um and the latter certainly maybe potentially with temptation the next and last track on the album uh bookend the the, the kind of like this um, suite of songs at the very end of the album that really try to propel i think prince's message from this record and also kind of point a direction of where he's going in his career a little bit. What I also appreciate about around the world in a day is, uh, very much what this 
album as a whole, and obviously we'll get into the latter in a second, but like just the album as a whole is about, like you said, Prince is searching for that thing, but it's all very much about the journey getting there. And you can see that every time he makes any kind of, you know, he a breakthrough of some sort, um, he's taken away by something else. So, you know, the if you, if you just take the album as it is, Around the World in a Day is more kind of like an intro, magical mystery tour. We're going to go on this journey together. And then you see, like, Paisley Park, it's in your heart. I feel this. It's in my heart. Oh, but pop life, I, I want all these things. And, you know, there's drugs and there's all, the, and there's all these things that are very distracting. And then you get into, you know, condition of the heart where, you know, he's lost his love and all of that stuff. And then you get into tambourine where it's like, well, you know, I was sad, but now I'm going to, you know, pleasure myself. And I'm going to play know, my tambourine. Yeah. I'm going to play my tambourine, as you could say. Um, you know, and then there's, you know, America where, you know, well, maybe I can find some solace in, you know, my, um, my patriotism, you know, and whatnot. But then you, you know, get another song that'll take them away from that. And it's, it's just interesting that the, the whole album kind of just has you, um, kind of going on like a topsy turvy kind of feel in terms of the, the subject matter of the songs. So I, I would definitely agree. It is Prince, you know, looking for something, uh, but just not necessarily being able to actually find it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's what ends up. I, and that's the thing, right? Even, even when you get to the ladder, uh, you get to the ladder and it's a very spiritual song about him searching for that bigger thing. And then the next song after that is Temptation, where he's, you know, pulled off of it again until the very end of that song. So that's one of the things I most appreciate about this this album is that it's all very kind of um, it's all very literal. Uh, it, it's it's kind of in your face. But if you really you could take each song individually, but that's not really what Prince was about anyway. He would always he would craft these albums in such a way that you know you really did have to kind of absorb the order and the sequencing and what is he saying in this song versus that song and you know that's why podcasts like this are so interesting well yeah i i think the sequencing of this record is super important um and it was obviously done intentionally like there was a lot of thought put into the sequencing i feel mm-hmm for for the latter to be the the second to last song on the record, and then to finish it with temptation, it, it's a really good it's a good lead into that last song because it kind of I don't know it feels almost like the climax where you're getting toward like if it was a film you're getting towards the end of the movie you know something big is going to happen and we need this like moment to breathe and a little a little bit of moment of clarity yeah from all the the kind of craziness that had been occurring in the previous handful of songs he, he tells us we're going to go on the tour of, of you know we're going to go on this trip and then we have all of these pit stops along the way mm -hmm. some of them related to sex and some of them related to society and life in general some of them related to you know pitfalls of fame but now we're at the end of the album the last two tracks kicking off with the ladder and we have more of a clear direction i feel like this is like I said, if you're watching a movie, you kind of get an idea where the, the, the movie is going, where it's going to finish. Yeah. And and this is getting towards the climax of that and leading to that. And with this song being so deliberate, 
um, in its in its lyrical content, uh, which I'm happy to go through here very shortly. But <laughs> it's just a it's just a really good kind of precursor to Temptation. It's almost like they're two different they're two different songs, obviously, but they almost feel like like I mentioned before, like a suite of of two songs that really fit well together. I I never think of these two songs as separate. I think of them together all the time. Like they're just too similar and kind of where they're trying to, to go with this album. I feel, I mean, and, and that's what I was saying is that's kind of how I feel about all of the songs, you know, after the first one, you know, Paisley park and condition of the heart, they bounce off of each other. Raspberry beret and tambourine. They bounce off of each other, you know, America and pop life. They bounce off of each other. So I feel like the latter and temptation also do, uh, that same kind of like they were meant as like he could basically have released these as like couplings if he really mm. wanted to do that. Um, and then they would all like literally fit because one is one is kind of the positive side and one is the negative side of each of the the concepts here. And before we get into the lyrics, I do want to just talk a little bit about some of the I don't know what I consider interesting facts or trivia bits of trivia about this song. I love facts. So one, one of the first things that comes to mind is that this is one of two songs on the record that have a give a co-writing credit to Prince's father, John L. So we've got Around the World in a Day, the title track, and then the latter. Um, and I think there was, I read somewhere in an article um, of an interview around this time where Prince had said uh, John L. really kind of um, created like the chords and the basic melody of the song and then he mm-hmm. took that prince took that and and added you know his his parts to it so that that is my understanding of what john l's contributions were for this particular song um, another thing i wanted to bring up is that the song opens up with an orchestral kind of arrangement and it's the sec- it's the exact same orchestral arrangement that's used to open up our destiny which yeah was an unreleased song up until 2017 like it was officially unreleased you can only get it on a bootleg but then it was part of the purple rain deluxe package that came out in 2017 and you know you if you open if you play both this song if you play the latter and our destiny back to back the orchestral strings at the beginnings of both of them are identical yeah um, this was before Claire Fisher's involvement, though, so people kind of want to assume that anything orchestral was uh, orchestrated and um, kind of created by Claire Fisher, and that's not the case. The The credit is given to for this part of the song to uh, Wendy and Lisa. That's just what's on Prince Vault, so I don't really know much more about that besides what's written there. Do you happen to know anything more about that? No, I would have I would have assumed Claire Fisher because this was around the time that he started kind of working with Claire Fisher. So, yeah, no, that's kind of interesting. Uh, looking at, I mean, looking at here on Prince Vault because I I went ahead and pulled it up right now too. Uh, there's like the individual people who played, you know, each of the the pieces, right? Uh, which is nice. The the violins, the violas, the cello, and the stand up bass. Like they have each of the people named. So that's nice that they're actually getting credit for that. But obviously, one of the things that I noticed there was David Coleman, mm-hmm. which um, I don't know if I don't know if it's uh, related to Lisa Coleman or not. But there's a David Coleman on there, so that could be kind of where you know Prince 
got hooked up. They, I, I imagine it in my brain, like, hey, you know, some strings would be really good on here, Prince. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, my brother's actually part of, like, a quartet or, you know, uh, an orchestra if you want them to come in and do that. Yeah, see what you can pull together, I guess. And then that's probably what happened. That's yeah, my thought. Yeah, D- David it. is Lisa's brother. Yeah. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's, pro- that's again... I have nothing to back that up. That's all conjecture on my part in my brain. <laughs> um, but in my brain, like, that's probably how it happened. And that's why they were given the credit for that. Because, you know, it to me, and the way the way my brain works, I, I like to think is kind of like how Prince's brain would work. And it's just like, well, I see it this way. If you can do the thing and introduce, you know, and, and bring it to me, then I'll try it. And if it works, then I'll keep it. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I'm not going to put any effort into this. Who needs strings? And then after this, he's like, everything needs strings. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's funny, though, because that the way the story goes. And once again, I was not there. So I can only tell you what <laughs> what I've read and what, how it's been kind of relayed at this point. But the way the story goes is that Prince was introduced to Claire Fisher. Yeah, it was around this time. And it was, it, I think it was around the Family Project. The Family Project might be the, the first. Um, it, was, it was the Family Project was the first, but it was around this same time. Yeah, Yeah, right. He was making, he was um, writing for the Family Project in late 84, the same time that Around the World in a Day songs were being written and recorded as well. But the way the story goes is that it's uh, Wendy's sister, Susanna, of course, is, Prince's girlfriend at the time, and she, and also a member of the family, and um, apparently her family, you know, being a musical family, the Melvoins are a musical family, the Colemans are a musical family, Mm. and they had that connection, maybe it was Wendy and Susanna's father that might have known Claire, if I remember the story correctly, or somebody within their family knew Claire, and so she suggested um contacting claire for use in the family project and then after that collaboration was successful he you know used him for many decades after that but in this particular song there's no credit to claire fisher for the string arrangements and there's also no credit to uh eric leeds um the saxophone playing according to the credits in prince vault and everywhere else that i've ever read it is a saxophone player by the name of eddie minenfeld Oh, okay. Yeah, and I I quickly looked up what he'd been doing or, you know, what other collaborations he had, and he worked a lot with Sheila E. So uh, he has credits as a horn player on a couple of Sheila's projects, like uh, Romance 1600 and the self-titled Sheila E. album. So that is who is playing saxophone on the song, and it's not Eric Leeds. So just something interesting, because people think sax in the 80s must be Eric, strings in the 80s must be Claire. And that's not the case. No, definitely not. Well, and this was also around the time that, you know, Sheila Sheila was starting to kind of veer off and try to do some of her own stuff. And she probably brought her saxophonist uh, on tour with her. And Prince was like, well, damn, I need to get another one then. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah so, and that's, that's where Eric came in. Yeah. This song was written in late 84, while they were rehearsing for the Purple Rain tour. So the Purple Rain tour had not started yet. Mm. And we know that Sheila, Sheila E. opened for Prince and the Revolution on the Purple Rain tour. So it, it might be very similar to like exactly what you said. Sheila had a sax player in her band. And, you know, Prince was around during the rehearsals when Sheila's 
you know, Sheila and her band were performing and getting ready for the tour. It's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to pull you in to play sax on this song with the ladder that's going to be on my next album. But, you know, you're right. I need my own sax player. So yeah. I got to hire somebody. Okay. And another thing I wanted to mention, and I didn't actually know this until not that long ago. So there's a lot of, um, you, there's a chorus of female vocalists that sing in the chorus and mm. sing um, in certain parts of the song, you know, his backing vocals to Prince. And he obviously the revolution had two females in it um, from Purple Rain on. And so that was Wendy and Lisa, but the credits also are given to um, Susanna as well. And, Taja Savelle. And so I didn't know Taja was already kind of working a little bit with Prince as far back as 1984, since her album wouldn't come out for a few more years. Yeah, actually, I didn't know that either. <laughs> so I'm learning so much just being on your podcast, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, she's credited as Taj. Yeah, so, now I had heard I had heard another voice on that, but without checking anything, I assumed that it was Jill Jones. Because Jill Jones, you know, you know that Jill Jones was hanging out around this time. So it kind of makes sense. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of kind of interesting that she was already uh, in Prince's camp uh, back in 84. Yeah, and, and who knows? Jill might have been on the song, too. It, could they have five female vocalists? I guess. Um, I, I'd <laughs> have to listen again, I guess. <laughs> it's just that the, the thing about, uh, the unfortunate thing about um, with Jill's is backing vocals a lot of times were not credited so mm. you kind of have to like okay well jill was around this time could she be on the song yeah sure i suppose that she couldn't be just because her name isn't on the credits right okay uh let's see was there anything else i wanted to bring up about the song before we start diving in second to last track mentioned that already the interesting pieces about um john l and writing the chords i thought that was Kind of cool because that's always been a question mark for me personally. Like whenever Prince gives a co-writing credit to his father, I always kind of wonder what what part of it was him, what part of it was Prince. Were they was it a hundred percent collaborative effort where yeah. you know they just bounced ideas off each other and come up with this one song? I also I think, feel like it's interesting too when you end up getting into the you know written by versus composed by. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I re- like, I remember during the piano and the microphone tour, um, the show that I saw when I was at Paisley for the first celebration I went to, um, he, ev- he starts, you know, raspberry beret and he starts doing like the groove on there. And then he goes, yeah, um, Lisa came up with this and then, uh, and then the crowd was like, Ooh, what, you know? And then he goes, hold on, hold on, hold on. I wrote the song. She just came up with this part. And everybody was like, oh, okay, cool. And that's that's where, you know, the fact that we we just kind of we have like a blanket thing of like written by. Like there should actually be like separate written by, separate composed by, mm. I feel. Um, which we don't necessarily get on like individual songs. Like you'll have uh album credits that'll be like arrangement by, you know, stuff like that. But it's interesting to have it like all in like each song has its own like individual credits so like for instance on the latter um most likely it was written by prince um but composed by prince john l nelson and lisa coleman and and wendy melvoin so so that's where like it kind of would go into it it's just like 
uh, basically it's just, I don't know. I like granular kind of examinations of things like that so that everybody can get like the credit that they deserve, you know? Yeah. And not necessarily leave everything up to chance. Like, like you said, like Princess said forever. Yeah. I wrote this one with my dad. Yeah. But what does that mean? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's um, certainly a cause for a lot of debate within the Prince community these days about who did what. I mean, we all kind of know Prince. <laughs> Prince did it all. Mm-hmm. That I, I never questioned that. I, that's never a question in my mind. Prince was the driving force of every one of the songs that he's ever written. Um, and what other people contributed, uh, it could vary. You know, it could yeah. be something very small. It could be something fairly significant that Prince then took and, and utilized. It's all really just a big question mark, and we, and because he didn't, you know, elaborate to that level in his credits, we'll we just don't know based off of um, we'll never know unless we trust what the people are telling us, and we all know that there are certain aspects of that then that can't necessarily be taken at face value either. Right. At this point, unfortunately, but. I just always default to it. everything was written by Prince and other people might have had some, you know, input on things here and there. But writing the song, no, that was Prince. Well, and that's and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just a matter of like, but then what does that mean? So. <laughs> yeah, write the lyrics, write the music, you know. Yeah, like I have it. like I have a band and like I think we're probably going to end up having, you know, performed by you know the group as a whole but then we'll probably have individual things of like lyric writing and arrangement things like that because i I don't know i feel like that's i feel like that's important information to know uh again so everybody can kind of get their credit like i would love to be like hey wow learning learning that it wasn't claire fisher and it was wendy and lisa and like that's awesome good job wendy and lisa because i love that opening Mm -hmm. you know it's like you know so beautiful yeah Okay, um, well, before we get started on the lyrics, Chloe, I wanted you to maybe remind the listeners what what it is that you do in the Prince community. I mean, obviously you have a voice and you have a platform. Why don't you tell everybody about that briefly? Oh, yeah, I guess I did. I did just mention that I have a platform. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so, yeah, so my name's Aloy. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called Prince's Friend where um, I like to talk about Prince. Uh, it's funny. It's in the name. But I, I do reviews of his albums, but also um, alum- Prince alumni albums. Uh, we have, like, deep philosophical discussions about what Prince meant in songs and his different messaging. Uh, we also try to have some fun. I have... Things where I'm comparing songs or giving my top five on an album or once a year, apparently. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll do it more. But I do uh, like a like a Prince song madness where we, you know, I'm I have to choose between two songs. And and sometimes that's really, really hard to do. So sometimes a lot of times <laughs> I will say I will say that I will say 60 percent of the time it's hard to do. And then I would say the other 40 percent, 40 percent of the time I'm just like. No, I know exactly which one I love. Like it's just, it's just yeah. done. Uh, that's, but but of course, like ninety percent of my comments in that on those kind of videos are just, I could never do it. No, <laughs> it just, it, I just can't. Uh, but I, I have fun over on my channel. Uh, just you know, kind of having fun talking about Prince. It's if I didn't have a channel, I would just be annoying all of my friends. 
And uh, so having a channel means I get to talk with people who uh, only not only won't be annoyed, but uh, have just as much fun learning about all of this cool stuff that I learn about. Because half the videos that I post are like, hey, I just found out this thing. So I'm going to tell you guys now because it's really cool and it's exciting. I think that one of the last videos I did was uh, I had finally gotten a bottle of the 3121 perfume. So I was like, hey, guys, let's smell this together. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's it's what we do. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. Just go type in Prince's Friend on YouTube and uh, you'll find me. We have um, over 25,000 subs now. We just actually hit that milestone and over 4 million views. So uh, come and be um, one of like 4 million and one. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely um it's 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 what it does is it really sparks conversation as you mentioned it sparks um, community and jumping into the comments on your videos is always it's always fun and interesting for myself as well because i do it also when i watch your videos i try to go to the comments yeah because there's always alternating opinions people have their own takes they have their own thoughts on things um, and it's it's kind of cool because we're all kind of in the same boat as like loving Prince and his music. So we're not just kind of talking to ourselves about these things. We're, we're speaking, you know, it's a collective. It's a community of folks from all over the world yeah. that are interested in the same thing. So you can have a conversation with thousands and thousands of people that feel just as strongly or have just as much of an opinion as you do. And when you're just looking around in your, you know, your your community, your local community, it's not always as easy to find those same people. So the internet's been great, and your channel's been great for for bringing us bring us all together for that purpose. Thank you for that. I mean, it it it's become that, and I I will say that because it, it I wasn't I wasn't planning on having a huge channel and having it change my entire life and open up so many different opportunities and you know indoors for me like i literally just started a channel and started talking about prince and people seem to like what i said you know <laughs> uh, and it's funny because like there are channels out there that um have way more like connections and they 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 know more of like the individual histories uh and stuff and they you know, tout themselves as like Prince experts. And I wouldn't even say that I'm a Prince expert. I'm just, you know, I just love Prince and like to talk about Prince. Yeah. You know? So not an expert, not an expert, never claimed to be. And I never claimed to be. I'm like, Hey, I listened to this album and this is what I thought of it. What do you guys think? How dare you say that? You think you know what you're talking about? I'm just telling you what I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what, what well, else could I say? Yeah. I mean, that's what this <laughs> podcast is too. It's just telling people what I think and um, also the idea and the purpose of it is to spark a conversation exactly. so myself and my guest have an opinion on lyrics but we're only two people and there's going to be other um, voices out there that might have different insight and more intriguing insight it's something yeah. that we never considered as the two people talking about it on an episode which is totally cool and I just want to kind of start it you know, a conversation as well. And one thing that I recently did in hopes and effort to continue that conversation and spark that because it's a, I think it's a, an avenue that um, really kind of um, encourages that a little easier than maybe like putting a comment in on a podcast page or sending me an email. But what one thing that I recently started is a discord. 
So oh, nice. I'm using Discord for Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, and I'm trying to, you know, recruit people to join the Discord so we can have conversations about Prince and about Prince Lyrics um, that, you know, it, it, that's real time. You know, we're all, like, talking about it together at the same time instead of, you know, having a lag or a delay that an email or, you know, a side conversation on Twitter might have. I want it to be read by as many people as possible. It kind of, in some ways, I think mimics uh, potentially what a like a YouTube discussion would be on, you know, the comment section there. So I think so. I think Discord is. Uh, I think it's a good avenue to go. It's a, even a little bit more direct than comments because mm-hmm. everybody is kind of talking with everybody, as opposed to in comments. A lot of the time, they're they're literally writing to me, and then I'm writing back. Uh, there's a very small percentage of commenters who actually jump onto other people's comments. Most people just leave their thought and then they move about their day. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm hoping, and what I'll do is uh, I will make sure to put a link to the discord um, for the press Royal discord in the, in the notes for this episode. So people can check it out, but I wanted to bring it up and make people aware of it because I'm still in the process of recruiting people to, to join so we can get a, a larger community. That sounds fun. I'm going to join. All right. Good. To. <laughs> I didn't know about it till today, so I'm going to join now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just in the process of, of kind of getting it started and informing people. So yeah, I'll, I'll send you the invite. Please do. All right. So I think we are ready to dive into the lyrics. Let's do it. So with the, with the latter Prince, he uses his speaking voice. So for the verses, He's basically just um, speaking these lines. He's not really singing them. And I, and I was struggling to find or I was struggling to kind of think of other songs where Prince employed this kind of uh, vocal technique where he's just kind of talking the lyrics for the song. I, I didn't spend a lot of time on it. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you happen to think of anything off the top of your head that you can recall? Prince doing this at any other time in the past or future? Where he just, where he only speaks? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, not really. I think like the closest to it would be uh, like, you know, which is like much later. (laughs) It's like, you know, where he's mostly saying it in a mostly speaking sense. But no, I really can't think. I mean, movie star maybe, but then that's more playing a character than just literally just sitting down and just speaking melodically. But I think also like he probably had always been a fan of just like spoken word and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you can kind of see some of that happening here. Yeah. He does a little bit like on the song had you at the end of chaos and disorder, but that's such a short song and he's just kind of saying two, you know, two words and then, you know, another two words. So it's not really like spoken word. In, yeah. in, in like a poem, I guess. I don't know. It's it's similar but different. Like in yeah, the... yeah. I yeah. I can't. I really can't think of any other song that he did that on. Yeah, it's pretty unique. It's it's a unique thing that he didn't do a lot. But um, that's how the song is performed. Once upon a time in the land of sin and planet. there lived a king who didn't deserve to be. Knew not where it came from, where it was going. 
And so the first verse goes, Once upon a time in the lands of Cinepleni, there lived a king who didn't deserve to be. He knew not where he came from, nor where he was going. He never once said thank you, never please. So um, right off the bat here, he it's like a he's speaking on a parable, it sounds like, in a way. Like he's going to tell us a story through these characters, this king. And... I don't know, some of the things that come to my mind right off the bat, Cineplenty, that that is that a is that another term for our society? Does it mean uh Earth? You know, like all everybody on this planet? Yeah. We're all coming from Cineplenty. Is it the is it the sin that we have, you know, in in us, the the original sin plus all the sin that we carry with us every day as being human flawed human beings? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what do, what do you get from Sin of Plenty? What, what are your thoughts on that particular? For me, for me, I've always taken it as as most things with Prince is, you know, they all have like a, a, a tinge, a hint of being autobiographical. So when I read that, I think of it's basically kind of him feeling himself, like him being all in the I'm a star, I'm the biggest thing that there is right now and you know that's cinepliny that's in the middle of drugs and sex and debauchery and all the craziness he's then the king who doesn't necessarily deserve to be and that's kind of how i feel about it because it's you know he he knew not where he came from so he's forgetting himself he knows not where he's going because he's directionless uh and then obviously never once said a thank you never please means also he's full of pride if that Hmm. makes sense so like that first that first verse right there just it it describes the type of like the main type of person that uh you do not want to be and again for me i always kind of get the idea that this is an autobiographical song so prince must have seen himself falling into that trap and that's why he decided to not go in that direction you know, I've been to the mountaintop and it ain't what you say, you know, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like the whole aspect of him becoming a movie star around this time. So he's now he's now in the fall of 84. He's about to embark on this massive world tour. The The movie has already come out and it was a, a huge success. The album Purple Rain came out as a huge success. So there could be some of that to your point where he's looking, you know, within and seeing all of these trappings of success that he's kind of falling into and kind of almost like um, chastising himself for taking part in something that is maybe somewhat destructive. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I get that. I can see that for sure. Well, and uh, if you, and if you, um, if you like read, like I read Morris Day's um, uh, memoir, and if you read, interviews and stuff from people around that time like that's how a lot of people viewed prince like he was basically being elevated to this level that he wasn't necessarily the same person that they knew you know like in morris day's you know memoir he was just like he would come to set and him and prince almost got into a fist fight you know it's like and that's something that they never had done but prince was like you're about to mess up this thing for me. 
uh, and like he's not even looking at him like he's a person. You know what I mean? So he, I, I feel like Prince probably got into his own head a bit, yeah. and you know realized that that's how he was being. That's how I, that's how I see it at least. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. If you think about what a king is, a king is somebody with a lot of power. Right. Right. So they have a lot of power. Um, and so, the, you know, Prince was at this time at the height of his quote unquote powers. At least, you know, he had a lot of, he had a lot of pull in the industry yeah. at this time. And, and he also had quote unquote subjects, you know, the people yes. who worked for him, his, his employees, his fellow band members that he was in charge of. I mean, he was the boss of the revolution of the time of Apollonia six. And, um, so he had a lot of, a lot of people that looked to him for direction, looked to him for inspiration, looked to him just in general, like, you're the king, you know, we need to, you need to tell us what to do. And if he never says thank you or never please, it kind of implies that you're taking, and somewhat taking advantage of these people, um, don't, don't appreciate the, the talents of, of those around you that are really there to help you succeed. I mean, a king is only as good as his his kingdom, and so you know, if his kingdom is crumbling, then it's gonna it's gonna all fall apart for him anyway. He's gonna you know the crown is gonna fall off his head. So it's a, it's a good it's a definitely a good analogy, and I think it definitely works based, especially when you consider where Prince was in his career in late '84. Totally. Definitely. Now this king had a subject named Alexa. Who loved him with a passion uncontested. For him each day she had a smile. But it didn't matter. The king was looking for the ladder. Okay, um, so then after that, the next grouping of lines is now the king, he had a subject named Electra, who loved him with a passion uncontested. For him, each day she had a smile, but it didn't matter. The king was looking for the latter. All right, so now if you think of it from that context, Aloy, if we're thinking of this as an autobiographical song, and obviously that's just one angle, but keep going with that. And, it, and now with this next grouping of lyrics, what is he saying here? Is he saying that he has um, a woman that, you know, really loves him and wants to be with him, but he's just preoccupied, that he just doesn't have time for her, either because of his professional life being so busy, or he's looking for this thing that isn't of this world necessarily, that isn't flesh and bone. Well, I mean, I think that's exactly it. I think that's exactly it. Okay. Uh, you know, it it basically is in, in my mind. It's saying so. He's the king. Um, he has a subject named Electra, and um, who loves him and is always there. But for him, he he's kind of in this whole kind of sin of plenty. And that's so here's okay. So here's part of it, right? So if we go back to the first verse, because now, of course, I've, I'm thinking completely different things now that we're talking about it. Um, <laughs> because um, he's the king of Cinepliny, but he doesn't deserve to be the king of Cinepliny. And that's part of it, too. He's the king of Cinepliny, which is all of the drugs and the sex and the great chaos of, of the thing. But he doesn't deserve to be it, which would tell me that 
he's not that right he he isn't partaking in the drugs and the drinking and all of that stuff which again to attest by everybody's you know accounts of that time from former bandmates and people around him he didn't do that stuff mm-hmm. right so he's the king of all of it but he doesn't necessarily want to partake in any of it uh he still is like very pompous and you know very kind of full of himself but he has a woman who wants to be with him but the reason that he's not even interested in his own kingdom is because he's looking for the latter and for me it's almost like the latter i feel represents that uh i think the latter represents love sexy it's basically Prince. This I think the latter is the beginnings of love sexy. Isn't that funny? It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's basically looking for that spiritual con- connection, but he hasn't found it, even though he's the king. And uh, you know he's he's gotten to the top where he's worked so hard to get to, and when he's there, he's found out that it's just not what he was expecting, and you know he was thinking that it was going to fulfill him. But it didn't. And, you know, it's and it's kind of sad. But anyway, yeah, it's probably some, you know, he has a woman around that time. Uh, I don't know if he's thinking about Susanna or any other woman that he was with. I, you know, I wasn't there, so I'm not going to name any names or anything. Uh, but he obviously uh, just wasn't content, not necessarily with the woman, but he wasn't content with himself. So there wasn't, he he, he could not give anything to this woman if he wasn't content in himself because he's looking for that ladder yeah i mean it all goes back to you can't love others if you don't love yourself first yeah that's and that's so, how rupaul says it how yeah, the hell you gonna love somebody else if you don't love yourself can i get an amen <laughs> amen because that's true and it's absolutely true and that's why i think a lot of times um like in this song for example he's looking beyond all of this these earthly pleasures, sex and drugs and all the, the fun stuff that goes along with stardom. And he, he's, he, it's not interesting to him because he realizes at this point, the subject of the song, whether that's Prince or just in general, the subject of the song is not content with any of that. Right. Looking for the latter is, is it's vague enough that you're kind of wondering, okay, well, what is the latter? I mean, so visually, you have to start thinking of it, you know, visually to kind of help give some clues as to what this could be. And you mentioned love sexy, and and you know that that also is like a a term that Prince created to express his desires for spiritual fulfillment. And in this song, you have the you have the immediate visual right there on the record on the record album or on the cover of the album that shows this ladder extending up into the heavens. So right off the bat, you're thinking it's like a it's like a a way to connect heaven and earth yeah. with each other. Like you have to climb this ladder to get to where you're going because you know the traditional visual representation of of heaven is that it's up in the clouds. God lives in the clouds. Yeah, that's what's always been heaven and heaven's up above and and hell's down below. And so if you're going to use the ladder as a as a metaphor for that that spiritual climbing that's that you know having to work on yourself and having to work towards this achievement of of enlightenment or at least getting to where you want to go within yourself to be worthy of heaven for example when you when you pass 
You have to put in work to get there. You have to you have to climb this ladder. Climbing a ladder, especially a very tall one, can be can be some work. You know, there's some you know exertion you have to put into it. So you know, the visual right off the bat is something to climb to get to heaven. Some work that you have to do. At least that's what my initial thought is. And there's certainly alternate things that we can talk about of what the ladder could be as well. And I want to get to that in a second. So I'm going to read the chorus first, because right after those two verses, he goes into the chorus. Everybody's looking for the ladder. Everybody wants salvation of the soul. The steps you take are no easy road, but the reward is great for those who want to go. So he repeats that everybody's looking for the ladder and wanting salvation of the soul, which are, you know, things that we've already kind of talked about. Yeah. The king's looking for the ladder. Salvation of the soul is... You know, kind of just another way of saying at peace with yourself and at peace with who you are and, and being the best person you can be. There's some of the things that I get from that salvation of the soul, like you're really kind of content with the choices you make in your life, that they're going to be positive, positive outcomes for yourself and for others. The steps are no easy road. So we all know that this is not easy, especially when we're surrounding ourselves with um, you know, sin, sin of plenty. We're surrounded with that every day. Mm-hmm. You have to make choices to be good people. It's not always inherently easy for for some yeah. to make those those right choices. Um, so it's not an easy road. You have to sacrifice things in your life. I feel like is what is being said here. You have to put some you know some sacrifice, put the work in. But the reward is great for those who want to go, and that you know just very. Literally, for me, reads the reward meaning heaven potentially for those who want to go. Like, if you, if you, this is something that is worth your time. If you feel like this is where you want to end up at the end of your life, you, you can't wait. You know, you can't wait to the very end to, to make it happen. You got to put in, you got to start climbing that ladder now. Yes, exactly. Even if you take it from, you know, the literal standpoint of him even talking about himself, like it, it ends up meaning the same thing, you know? So <laughs> there's, there's not really an alternate meaning to that. Like, it, and like you said, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty on its face. Like he's saying, like, everybody's looking for the ladder. Everybody wants salvation for the soul. Like he says the ladder and then he defines what the ladder is, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, so, um, and it, and it won't be hot and you know, it won't be easy, but you'll get a great reward. I mean, yeah, like I've I've done lyrical breakdowns of songs that were much more difficult to figure out. (laughs) The ladder. He he 100% defines what the ladder is within the chorus. Yeah. If you want to know what it is, you just got to read the chorus. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up, and it wasn't my interpretation, but while doing some preparation for this episode, I came across 
a comment where somebody suggests that the latter is Jesus Christ, um, being like the person, you know, the human being that connected us on earth with, with God in heaven. So that was just another thing that I wanted to bring up in case anybody else had that same idea of what the latter could be. Well, I mean, I can see that too. Uh, <laughs> you know, for it, it just depends on how specific you want to talk like like you want to speak like if you want to say that the song is specifically a christian song then that latter is obviously um you know jesus but like somebody who you know from who follows the hindu religion might think that that latter is karma you know what i mean so it's it's it you know every philosophy and every religion would end up having a, a slightly different interpretation of what that ladder is, but that ladder, I think, still represents the same thing. It, it 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 involves, like you said, that climb. Each rung that you get up, you know, the closer you get to that salvation, that you know, that that heavenly experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's gonna it's gonna differ depending on your belief system and you know where where you are on the religious spectrum. Um, what you believe in, what your religion teaches you about the afterlife and, and you know, who who God is for you and what that connection is. Exactly. So so definitely the latter's probably Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If, if you're if you're, you know, following the, the Christian faith, yes. Right. Um one thing we didn't mention in the second verse, and I, I would be remiss to uh, not talk about it, is just the, the use of Electra as the name of the, the person. So, you know, I mean, t- 35 years later, we all know that now in the 90s, Prince had had renamed one of his protégés, Karma Electra. I feel like there's more more than just this as uh, the use of the word Electra, but I can't think off the top of my head what else that could be, so I might be wrong. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much the only place that I've seen it okay. uh, in, in Prince's um, career. Is the is the creation of Carmen Electra, who, um, by by all accounts, was a subject of his. You know, you know, he he employed mm-hmm. her and you know, kind of gave her her platform, uh, which is awesome that he did that for her. But I mean, I would say that there's that, and it probably has something to do with the name coming. But I mean, it's it's hard to really say, especially since this was you know a, a decade before. Uh, so you know, unless he had just been having that marinating in his brain and he's just like, I can't wait till I find the right woman to give the name Electra to, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, yeah. um, there is there, um, I'm looking at genius.com. Somebody also mentions that, uh, in Greek mythology, Electra was in love with her father, much like Oedipus was in love with his mom. Uh, oh. so Electra is uh, a mythological creature as well, uh, character as well, not creature, uh, so there's that as well, though I don't really see much connection to Greek mythology uh, in this song specifically. Mm-hmm. I probably would have to do more research on that if uh, if that was to mean anything other than he liked the the sound of it. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, that seems the most logical to me. You just like the the sound of the name Electra. It's kind of exactly. a cool name. <laughs> I mean, it would be it would be really cool if we found out that like Prince read a ton of Daredevil. And that's why he was like, oh, I totally need to use the name Electra in there because I'm Daredevil. And the latter <laughs> is actually being blind. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny, wouldn't it? 
Well, we'll we'll put that out there. We'll put that out into the universe. You know, put new theory, stuff. everybody. Yeah, get people <laughs> to start thinking about that. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the first chorus, and I say the first chorus because the song basically has two different choruses. And as the song ends, we'll get to that, but they'll, they alternate between the two of them. So, you know, in a lot of songs, the chorus is identical each time it's sung with maybe a slight difference with a word or two. But the, the two choruses in this song are um, very different. You know, they they have completely different words. Well, they're kind of a continuation of each other. But yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, why, that's why I like it. It's kind of like one big chorus that he decided to split in half. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Because in the next um, series of lines, it's, it's he's still doing the you know the spoken word version of reciting these lyrics. You, you get to a little more of the uh, the female vocalists echoing him in this. So the the, the women yeah. the women do the sing in the background of the chorus the, the chorus that we just covered, but then they continue on throughout the rest of the song now. So the lines are, a feeling of self-worth will caress you. The size of the whole wide world will decrease. The love of God's creation will undress you. And time spent alone, my friend, will cease. And while Prince is saying those lines, in the background you hear the chorus of the women saying, everybody's looking for the answers, how the story started, and how it will end. So that's what they're saying while Prince is speaking these Yep, these lines that I just read. Uh, so just just from a sound standpoint, I really I've always and I said this in previous episodes. I really enjoy the um, the mix of male and female voices in Prince songs. Yeah, I've always really loved that. And anytime that Prince had, and obviously Prince liked it too because he employed a lot of background vocalists that were that were women over his career. Yeah. So I think he enjoyed that um that that play between male and female voices in his songs and i I think it really works well on this song particularly it's a really strong example of that in my opinion so with these lines Aloy, um what what do you see here what do you what do you kind of get out of this section of words well and and well this is prince saying you know you you're looking for the latter right Mm-hmm. Uh, the assumption here is that you found it, essentially, <laughs> you know. So a feeling of self-worth will caress you, size of the whole world will decrease. Like, essentially, Prince has made it to heaven. This is him describing heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in describing that, that um, it might not even... Actually, you're wrong. I'm wrong. It, it's not even him finding heaven. This is him finding the ladder, because the ladder is just... Finding the ladder is the hard part. That's basically accepting God. Uh, that's not even actually getting to heaven. That's just saying God is here and all of that stuff. And this is why I say it's kind of the beginnings of, you know, love sexy, because that's what love sexy is. It's all about combining the love into the sex with the love of God and all of that stuff. So I love the line of the love of God's creation will undress you. 
You know, it's just like the, he's adding some sexiness into this spiritual awakening, which is exactly what love sexy is and that he came to actually coin a phrase for it, you know, just a, just a couple of years later. Yeah, I like the I like that line. The love of God's creation will undress you as well. I, I get visual as well. The first thing that comes to mind is the cover of the Love Sexy album. I mean, Prince is completely nude on that album yeah. cover, but he's got this really kind of ethereal, um, you know, aura about him. Like he's just at peace, and I don't know, just the way that it's the way that it was um, captured. It, it he it doesn't look like menacing like on the cover of Dirty Mind, where oh, he's yeah. almost nude. Here he's nude, and you just get this different kind of peaceful and serene um, feeling from from that album cover, and so you kind of like get the same kind of I get the same kind of visuals with the love of God's creation will undress you, yeah. undressing you down to you know what to to your naked self, and you are at peace with with uh, with that with that knowledge. It's not something to be embarrassed of. It's not something to be ashamed of. There's no shame at this point. And the time spent alone, my friend, will cease. Um, so one thing I get out of that, and so if we're not thinking it's, so if you're thinking of it like he's in heaven, like this he found and made it to heaven, which, eh, you know, I, I, I do agree with you. He found the ladder, and the ladder isn't necessarily heaven. Yeah, it's but, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I but I get like, okay, is he get, is this, is this him saying that he's happy and going to be uh, reunited with his loved ones um, gone? Um, time spent alone, my friend, will cease? Or is this just really kind of like I'm embracing the rest of humanity that has also found the ladder? And I don't know, I'm trying to get a visual and trying to put it into words, but it's difficult. But I just envision like Prince and all of these other individuals that have found the ladder that are able to combine themselves to create like this... Um, this community of, of souls who are now reaching this uh, enlightenment that they're looking for, kind of like in Paisley Park, where it's like all these collection of people that have that are that are at the park, you know, come to the park and play with us. And yeah, it's finding others that I get like finding others that are like you, that think like you and have the same goal as you and you all reached it together. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's what it is. It's I think it's definitely that because it's, you know, once you find the ladder, then you're going to converge with everyone else who was also looking for that ladder. And, you know, the size of the the size of the world decreasing means that, you know, the space between you and those people who are like you um you know goes away and you know it some could say that he was uh that he had a prophetic dream about the internet uh but you know that's obviously probably not the case but that is part of it i mean i think that that's that's community you know what i mean uh that's what it is is he's is essentially saying you're going to find a community of people who feel and think the same way as you so that you all can kind of work together to uh to find the ladder or to even ascend the ladder if you have already found it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I, I was a little worried that I was <laughs> off on a limb there and I didn't really know how to, to get off of it. But yeah, that's, that pretty much succinctly reiterates what I was kind of thinking yeah. of these lines. Um, Cause if you think about like, and, and once again, this is all conjecture. I don't really know, but I get the feeling that a lot of, 
a lot of people who reach a certain level of success, especially if they've reached it fairly quickly, they can quickly find themselves feeling alone, even though they're surrounded by people. Because now all of a sudden this person who's now super successful has all this power and it, it might be a case of where individuals may be afraid to, you know, to speak their mind in front of them or to be their true selves in front of them for fear of, um, you know, repercussions or what that's yeah. going to mean. If, you know, if you get the, 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 the whole yes men syndrome where some people get so untouchable Nobody wants to be that person to offer an honest opinion to somebody for, you know, for fear of what that might, what might happen to them. Like I said, the repercussion of that. Right. So I imagine like if you, if you're that person, you might have all these people that are quote unquote close to you physically, but emotionally you still feel alone. And if you find these individuals that are also looking for the ladder along with you and have found it along with you, you have that something in common that you can relate to them with. It has nothing to do with anything that you have earned on earth at this time. Um, it's, it's not based off of money or power or anything that um, people might try to take from you or are afraid you will take from them. Uh, which is, I would imagine, be pretty freeing, where you feel like you can be yourself, your true self. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So then um, the next chorus after that grouping of lines, so mentioned there's basically two choruses here. Everybody's looking for the answers, how the story started and how it will end. And um, that is that is the lines, exact same lines that had been sung by the women behind Prince in the last verse. But the kind of the news section of lyrics in the chorus is what's the use in half a story, half a dream? You have to climb all of the steps in between. Yep. I love I love this chorus a lot, this section of the chorus a lot. I really enjoy the what's the use of half a story, half a dream. Because I think that that, I don't know, for me, like half a story in the context of this song is basically saying a life unfulfilled, um, a life that does not lead to any kind of um, outcome that one can look back and be proud of, I guess. Yeah. Half a dream. It's like, okay, well, our, our life, if you look at it from that standpoint, from a very spiritual and religious standpoint, what we do here on earth is only a portion of, of our, our life. Uh, that's the, that's the belief at least, you know, we have yeah. our, we have our, we have our earthly life and then we have our afterlife. Uh, and so half a story is just the life on earth. And then there's no afterlife. You know, that's that's only half the story. We didn't get that. We didn't find the ladder. We didn't make it to heaven. We don't get to see the rest of the story, the rest of the dream. Do you get the same thing from that, Aloy? I can see that. I, I've, for me, I have always interpreted it as 
basically, as soon as you find the ladder, you have to keep climbing. Uh, and you can't climb halfway and then stop. You know, for me, it seemed more like the the idea of just throwing yourself in entirely into uh, the pursuit of the ladder or the climbing of the ladder. Uh, I like your interpretation as well that, you know, half of the story is this and the other half would be, you know, afterwards. Uh, so I do I do dig that interpretation. I think for me, the half a story, half a dream is not literal. Those are more like examples. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, you know, he didn't say half a sandwich because technically half a sandwich could be pretty filling. Uh, but Still sandwich. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, you know, if you read half of a book you know, don't you want to know the second half? You know, what's yeah. that? I've And I've had half a dream before where, like, I have this amazing dream and then I wake up early and I'll just be like, oh, man, what would have happened had I kept sleeping? You know, so... Oh, yeah, yeah we've like, all had so, I mean, so I feel that and I like the imagery of that. But for me, it seemed like it was more just, like, you always just have to be pursuing um, that thing. You have to keep pursuing spiritual... Uh, you know, goodness and benevolence. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, you um, you're only then experiencing half of what life can be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that totally works. Um, how the story started and how it will end. I immediately went to the Bible for imagery around that. How the story started, Genesis. Mm, how yeah. it will end, Revelation. So, like, there's that story and it has a beginning and an ending. But you have to you have to read the whole book to get to get it you know you have to yeah put the you know to climb the ladder to put that metaphor back on the table because that's what the song is <laughs> climbing all the steps in between that last line does yeah. does make that a little clear I mean, you can't you can't skip steps you have to you have to hit each and every step because each and every step is important yes um, if agreed just, once again if you think about climbing a ladder you can't it's going to be so much harder if you try to skip you know, you skip around. Each step has its place when you're climbing a ladder, literally, if you think about it from that standpoint. So I get I get the metaphor. I get how the analogy is being used to represent that climb and how every single step we take, every single moment of our life has importance while we are climbing that ladder of life to get to, you know, the, the end, the fulfillment, the spiritual fulfillment in heaven, if that's what we believe in. Um, and, and one thing I try to do uh, with some of these more spiritual Prince songs, and this song was really hard for me to do that, I'm not going to lie, but I also try to think of it in, in context. If, let's say, hypothetically, you're not religious. Like, you don't even believe in God. You don't believe in heaven. Yeah. How are you going to interpret this song to make it kind of fit for you and meaningful for you? And what I, what, the only thing I can really say for this song is that I think it still can work because I think you still have, as a person who living a life, you want to have, you want at the end of the day before you die, you would like to have, I would imagine most people would like to have a life you can look back on and think to yourself, yes, I, you know, achieved whatever goals I intended to achieve, you know, for the most part, to the best of my ability, I tried to live my life to um, the best of, of my capabilities and those around me love me for who I am and, and what I bring to their lives, um, positivity and uh, upliftment and, and good things. Uh, half a story, half a dream. 
could also, you know, be considered just like, did I give up on my dreams? Did I, did I bail on my family? Did I bail on, you know, my job or the things that meant a lot to me because they got too hard, you know, uh, it was easier for me to give up. And so I think if you look at it from a non-religious standpoint, you could still get kind of a feeling where the song is trying to tell you to, to don't give up on your dreams, don't give up on your life. Look for that ladder, look for that thing that you can find to, um, to, to, to make life worth living. So when at the end of the day, at the end of your life, you're happy with how you lived it. Yeah, I can, I can see the ladder as legacy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like the ladder is you, you know, climbing that. And then at the end, you have the legacy there to leave behind. You know, maybe maybe your legacy is you climbing until the top and then somebody else then starts to climb after you. So like that's a pretty interesting way to interpret it as well. I find it very hard to divorce it from the religious aspect of it, though. Uh, Just just mostly just because that means it's. Again, one of those songs that's very plain and in your face, and Prince says pretty much exactly what he means. Uh, so he's he's literally saying the love of God's creation and you know salvation of the soul. Like these are all very religious kind of concepts that we're talking about. So it's hard to divorce them entirely. Uh, for me, as somebody who is also not super religious, uh, I see it for its religious you know awesomeness that it is. But also, you know, get that that's basically what Prince is saying is always be kind of searching for the next thing, always be searching for something that will make uh, life better, you know, things things to that effect. And you can always take those lessons away from uh, a song like this. But that was something I always appreciated about Prince is, you know, even if I didn't believe in everything that he sang, he sang it with just in such a way with such joy that it was hard to not get a smile on your face because he just he knew how to express his own joy and make you feel happy because he felt happy and it didn't mean it didn't matter whether you know i believe in the same god that he did or anything like that uh you know his expression of his love of god was kind of intoxicating and and brought others along uh, regardless of their actual religious beliefs yeah, and it doesn't hurt that the song is performed beautifully. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean it's it's a it's a really gorgeous song. Um, it, I mentioned before at the beginning, it's 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 slow. It can be kind of considered plotting if you're not really into some of Prince's slow songs. But I, for me, the 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 strings at the beginning, you got the saxophone uh, that really kind of uh, accentuates especially towards the end of the song when the choruses just keep being repeated and repeated. You have the beautiful uh, interwoven uh, female voices along with Prince's more masculine voice because he doesn't sing the song in falsetto when he does sing. Um, He sings the chorus. Uh, So I just like the way that the whole composition is played out. I don't mind. I kind of like slower songs that are a bit on the longer side this is like a five and a half or so minute song yeah and he throws in like really strong screams towards the end of the song too you wouldn't think that this is a song that would warrant a lot of you know the the more traditional prince screams but he does a couple times i think at least at least one solid one like main one yeah 
And I just get out of that, you know, the, once again, just the expression of emotion that he has singing the song and, and what it's intended to bring to the listeners. Like this is, this is, even though it's kind of slow, it's supposed to be a joyous song. It's supposed to be something that you feel uplifted by. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that's, like I said, that's essentially how the song ends. Just a repeat of the chorus, the two choruses until the song fades out. You got the print screen, you've got some saxophone, you got Wendy and Lisa and Taj and Susanna singing background with Prince and um it's it's almost like a chant, you know, it just keeps chanting and repeating yeah. to reiterate until it fades the, out. Yeah, to the fade out to, to reiterate the point until we get into temptation. But um that's the ladder. Those are the lyrics of the ladder. Do you have any anything else you wanted to talk about with the song, Roy? Not really. Uh, I, I would just say, like, it's songs like this that, you know, I hope to one day achieve. Because it, it's so kind of, it's a complex song uh, compositionally. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things going on. The layering of the voices uh just so so much and, and but then again it's it's very simple in its lyrical content and even just the fact that it's you know mostly just him on the piano with uh there's the, like the band is there but it's very subdued uh so it's it, like he had he had hit a certain stride in his career where i feel like it writing a good song like this had just kind of gotten to just be easier uh, and you can you can feel that this song was almost kind of effortless in uh, how good it is. So I just hope to one day be <laughs> be able to you know be nearly as good as Prince ever was uh, with my own you know singing and songwriting and stuff like that. It's just it's ridiculous how you can take this five and a half minute song and we can literally talk an hour about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good segue. So why don't you? you don't mind telling the listeners about your your musical um your project for your band oh well i mean so uh, you know the kind of an extension of me doing prince's friend as a youtube channel talking about prince and having lots of fun over there uh you know in the last few months uh i was able to kind of uh what's the word recruit (laughs) <laughs> I've recruited some uh, some some really talented musicians, and we've been working on, you know, some mu- some new music, which we're very excited about. Uh, and and the name of the band is called Strays of the World. Obviously, uh, after one of my very favorite Prince songs, but also after kind of the philosophy of that song, which is, you know, if you feel like you're an outcast, if you feel like you're somebody who doesn't belong then that's like we're like that we're the band for you you know essentially yeah um but also just even on the musical side you know part of it too is you know uh i actually come from a different background than nick or alcy who are the other two members of the group so we all kind of have our own backgrounds in music and our appreciation our different bands that we like you know because you get some bands where you know, everybody is like, they're all into the same stuff. So they end up coming out with just one distinct sound. But what we've found is that we're mixing our sounds together in such a way that we're really coming up with some pretty interesting stuff. And no, I will say none of the songs are necessarily even that much alike to each other, but we're just having fun creating. 
And we, we do hope to have some music out actually within the next couple of months, uh, at least a single of some sort. I mean, we're working on a bunch of different songs kind of all at once. But we are virtual. We're a virtual band. I guess that's the word we would say. It's a, we're a satellite band. Sure. Uh, so, you know, we're all uh, in different cities all across the U.S. And, you know, we're just we're piecing our songs together. And then, you know, we'll listen to what the other one uploaded. We'll be like, ooh, change this thing and, you know, make that, you know, better or whatever. <laughs> so I, 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 I didn't want to really say better because, uh, you know, I don't think any of us have, have like been like, man, that that was trash. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but it Not is yet, one of those fun things that we've been <laughs> doing. Work together a little longer and you might. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure we will one day. But no, but it's called Strays of the World. Um, we do have a Twitter uh, set up. Um, it's um, at We Are All Strays, uh, and we do have a YouTube channel set up, but there's nothing on it right now. So, <laughs> so that's where we're at right now. Uh, we're actually working on getting some promotional material done and all that stuff. So you'll be hearing a lot more about that from me soon. Uh, so, yeah, but I'm very excited. About it. I've been working like almost nonstop on the music for the last couple of weeks. It's been very, very fun. Yeah, I mean, it's really exciting. I mean, that was the whole beginning of your channel was to talk about a musician. My podcast is to talk about a musician. So kind of, you know, the fact that you're starting to actually create music yourself, that's, yeah, that's really exciting. So congratulations yeah, yeah. on that. Well, thank you. I mean, and honestly, I just, I feel like I've just hit that, that spot. You know, it's like, um, you know, I, I say it and it sounds cheesy, but, you know, I decided to start making music in in honor of Prince because that was something that Prince advocated for a lot was that, you know, uh, he can make he makes the music for him. He makes it for himself. And you should make music as well. Everybody should make music. And I, I've actually seen a lot of other people kind of, you know, start doing music since he since he died and all of that stuff. But it wasn't until really just like maybe a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago that I started actually getting the idea that I actually did want to, you know, do that sort of thing. And I've had music inside me my whole life, but I've always kind of had Prince there as uh, kind of like a focal point. Like, you know, when, when I needed new music, he had new music for me. Right. So it, it, the fact that like now it's, uh, I have these ideas and these songs and, and whatnot in my head, but there's no other outlet except for me to just do it myself. So, <laughs> so, we, well, so we've been working on it. We'll see how it works out. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, and, and I'm hoping that everybody you know, ends up liking, liking some of the songs. I already know that some of them are going to be hits, and some of them are going to be ones that I personally love, and uh, everyone else will be like, what the hell was that? So <laughs> just like Prince, you know, I mean, just like Prince. Exactly. And I'm oh, completely OK with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to have a little bit of everything in your in, in your uh, discography songs for yourself, songs for others, songs that connect to a wide, wide audience, some that connect to just a few. And it's all it's all amazing stuff anyway. Either Exactly. But the latter is, I think, one of those songs that probably didn't connect with everybody, especially at first. Um, I personally, I had this, I had this t the tape, I had the tape back when it came out, shortly after it came out. And, you know, as a, as a 10, 11 year old, I can't say the latter was a song that really spoke to me at that age. Um, it, it, it took a little bit more of myself maturing and kind of understanding a little more about what the song was trying to say. 
to to get it. I was more into some of Prince's more upbeat songs, um, poppier songs. This was, I wouldn't say difficult, but it was certainly not, you know, an instantaneous um, earworm. You know, it didn't grab me right away. It took me a few years to really kind of warm up to this track. But here we are in 2020, and this song, I think, is one of the strongest on the album. So just goes to show something that might not connect to somebody right away could take its time and, and eventually get there, which it did for me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I was always way more interested in Temptation than I was in the latter, but the latter is still a beautiful song, and I, and I think it is a standout on the album. It's not poppy. Uh, it's got that spiritual core, but I think it really, really works, especially for this album. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. All right, well, thanks, Loy. I think what I'll do is I'll put um, a link to your band's uh twitter page on my podcast notes so that way people can find it and follow there if they follow twitter that way when you do have music to share you know i'm sure you'll be promoting that on that on that venue oh yeah so on your prince's friend channel so yes either way people will find if they can find you they'll find the music eventually once it's ready <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right well i think that will End this episode of the Press for Wine Prince Lyrics podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenniger. You can follow my podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using Press for Wine Pod. Look for me there. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm, I just launched a Discord. I'm going to put a link to where to, to access that Discord channel for this podcast so people can click on it and then you know that's an instant invite to the Discord. It's it's a it's a mumble jumble of, of alphanumeric characters so i'm not going to repeat it here it's just going to go into the show notes and um until next time thank you very much for listening and goodbye bye